Hi, and welcome to Bible Secrets, a contemporary podcast series about the origins, translations, and interpretations of the Bible and Holy Scriptures. We hope you enjoy this piece of art in the form of discussion, which was derived from hours of independent study and a burning passion for seeking truth and wisdom. We speak freely on this podcast, so there may be language that's not entirely suited or agreed with with everybody, but it's meant to be fun while it's also educational. Please like and subscribe, share, and help us reach more people, and inspire conversations that can both be hard but necessary. This is Bible Secrets. Hell yeah! I want to know what the meaning of life is. I want to know the cost of your faith. Start. Welcome. Oh, shit. I'm not on the right one. Welcome, everybody, to a very, very special project known as Bible Secrets. I'm your co-host, Cougar Coburn. And I am your other co-host, Chandler Fair. And welcome to, yeah, this is Bible Secrets, where we are going to do a, I mean, you know, 10 to 12 to 14 episode series that is its own separate entity that is just going to be talking about shit that we're learning and we're trying to understand what's going on. And um, one of the most prevalent things I think that anyone could agree that one of the most prevalent things that you have to contend with if you live in the United States is the Bible and people that believe in the Bible and people that don't and you will run into that you you it would be very hard for you to live in the United States and not run into anybody with a strong opinion one way or the other so it's good to just kind of know what's going on with it and seeing if there's anything to it or how crazy it actually is yeah and you could almost say that this is Bible secrets presented by fair the burn Presented from Fair the Burn, Cougar and I started this podcast uh, April of 2021, and this is going to be coming out fall of 2022. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's a really exciting time, and I think personally that Fair the Burn was started to do this project. Um, like this project is a reason that Fair the Burn got started because. I really feel like God has been working in both Cougar and I's life um, since the beginning of Fair the Burn, and that's not something I thought I would ever say. Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, no offense, but about you. Yeah, 100%. Because even when I told my sister that I was like, yeah, I'm doing this like Bible podcast with Cougar, and we're going to go into Bible secrets, and um, shocker, next episode we're going to be doing a thing about the biblical universe and or flat earth. Uh and she was like, she was like, Cougar believes this. And I was like, I mean, I don't really know. Like, I, he's kind of like talking about it a lot. And she was like, that's so crazy. Like, I would have never, ever thought that he would have ended up being religious. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a religious individual now? I don't, it just meet the definition of religious. Um, I don't go to church. I don't necessarily want to go to church. I probably will at some point in my life. So I think it's good to meet people. Yeah. Um, and have community. And have community, you know, but... As of right now, like to go learn, I really don't feel like I can listen to a church on YouTube in an hour and then listen to another one and listen to it. You know, like you mm -hmm. can, the information out there is crazy. So religious in the sense that, and this is what I was going to lead in with you is I do have some belief in God or a belief in God and something, I think that there's something higher than humans or bigger than humans or that created us. Have you thought that for a while? Like when was the first time that you can remember? Because I mean, you grew up an atheist. For people who don't know, yes, you can go back to episode two of Fair the Burn. We yep. talk about our yep. social construction. Like Cougar grew up an atheist, so like when did you start to believe? Once, so and I actually just saw a quote from Aaron Rodgers who was talking about he did ayahuasca and had this quote of him talking about that. I don't know if it was real. I saw it on Facebook, but um, that just leads into I had a couple psychedelic experiences that gave me just the notion that I went from thinking that I was just like a biological creature to like I had an experience outside of my body and that's the only way I can describe it that someone could have any, like you can go further into details, but it just kind of loses. Like I just, it was crazy. And so that was kind of the, the catalyst of just me being like, wow, maybe I need to like 
slow down a little bit and really think about what I who like what the fuck I I've just been living I've just been mm-hmm. going I've just been blinders on and just going through life and I haven't thought about anything at all and so that kind of just compelled me to do that and I've just been the past you know three four years I've just been or three years just yeah just trying to study and trying to learn and trying to apply things that I've learned and see how they work and stuff like that and so religious no in terms of what most people would think when they hear religious i would say no from like a vast definition yeah yeah not necessarily your own right from like a general definition and if if someone pushed back and said i do think you're religious i think they can make an argument that i am but you mentioned that you feel like god has been working in us and i think that's a pretty amazing and crazy claim what 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 do you think about like why do you have that belief in god why do you think that's there i think uh it's hard to say, right? Like, I've always thought that religion is humans. I mean, obviously, I grew up going to church and whatnot, but I always thought that after I left the church that religion was just kind of humans' best guesses at what's going on, right? And so everyone's going to kind of come up with this or with that, and there's going to be a little bit of tweaks here and there, Um like even Islam talks about Jesus, but they just say that he's a prophet as opposed to the son of God. Obviously, Christians are going to say that he's the son of God. And then you kind of have, like, Buddhism and Taoism. Like, everyone is just trying to, like, reconcile with really not knowing the foundations of the world. Well, and it's like you have all of these different cultures trying to describe the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so they're going to inherently say something different, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, they're going to say something different. But there's also universal truths that you'll find in a lot of religions as Mm -hmm. well. Like, a lot of people like to bring up the fact that... Um, the golden rule, like treat others how you want to be treated, is throughout all religions. And the Christian way of putting that is love your neighbor as yourself. Right. 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 So like that is true where it's like there's not really a religion out there that it seems like being a bad person is going to further you along. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. in Satanism, like Satanism, a lot of the laws of Satan that we went over, um, I mean, they they have to do with good things, you know, yep. um, make sure that you have a consent sign before you, before you mate with somebody, make sure you don't harm small children, like being a good person, not putting your burdens onto others. So that's something that I always noticed was that generally, even people who were religious or weren't religious belonged to some religion or not religion, being a good person was something that people wanted to strive to, um, typically, right? Right. And my question is, like, why would we want to do that? Like, is it just some human development Mm. that we have in our brains where we grew up being communal because we are weaker bodied, so therefore we need each other? Or is it something higher? Right. Right. And we're 99% like apes, but what is that other 1%? That's the question that I always found myself with, was if we did evolve from this great ancestor and we're 99% like a chimpanzee or orangutans or bonobos or whatever it is mm-hmm. that are these great apes, what is the thing that separates us? Um, and I've always kind of thought that the thing that separates us was the fact that we have souls. And I don't, and I don't want to claim that maybe they don't have souls, but I definitely feel like humans do. Well, do you, some would claim that it's intelligence that is the separator. Yeah, like um, intelligence between, between like the fact that I'm so intelligent that I can recognize you as another human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think about that? Like that's kind of the counter to someone having a soul is that well we just got smarter and now that we're better than other animals because we're smarter than other animals. Yeah, I don't know about that because. We, it's hard to, to like identify what true intelligence is, I feel like. Like, I was thinking about this last night. Like, how do we know that dolphins aren't truly more intelligent than us? We know that they're really smart, but because they don't like build buildings and have these structures and make like smoother ways of doing things, like, how do we know that their perception of the world isn't greater than ours? Because they come up and they look or, at you. Or more aware. Or more aware. Ours. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I see that. So I just, I don't know if it's, if it's like, intel- if it's intelligence, because I feel like there's a lot of things that are intelligent that are still very primal. Mm. And I feel like humans are primal to a sense, but we also have the thing in us that giving feels better than getting, truthfully, at the end of the day. Yes. And helping your, helping someone instead of hurting someone usually will feel better at the end of the day. Right. So there is like some sort of bond and connection that I felt like humans had over other species. And you wouldn't just attribute that to just evolution. No, I would. I I, I attribute it to having a soul. And I think that people's souls are connected in a way um, that we're all one spirit 
to a sense. Obviously, we're many different spirits, but we b- belong to this bigger conglomerate yes. of other spirits. So to me, I think that the reason that I kind of came back into my belief of God was that humans are just so vastly different than everything else in the in the animal kingdom. I feel as though we have to be set apart. Because we are yeah. that that one percent, I feel like is like you could quote unquote like the God gene, right? And I don't know what it is, and I'm not right. claiming yep. to be like some sort of scientist, but there is something that makes us different, even with religions, right? Like with being like, well, you're wrong because you're Islamic and I'm a Jew, and therefore I'm right, right, right? Like bears, from what we understand, don't have that argument. Like, even just coming from, like, where do we come from? They don't wonder where they come from. Our ability to wonder obviously could come from intelligence as well, right? Like, from a developed brain. Mm -hmm. But I just just think that having all of the different ideas comes from souls and possibly, um, like, different countering points of view that are, you know, harmful to whatever could come from a negative force trying to separate you from those from collective thing. souls, you right. know, or, or the goodness or the lighter or the, the collectiveness, the yes. oneness. Yep. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with my experience is that I felt like I became aware of my soul when I had that out of body experience. And then if you do research on people and their stories of out of body experiences, they are, there's a lot of similarities in them. And that is, I was somewhere different than where my body was. Mm-hmm. And so at f- before it was that I was my body, like this was me. But with then when I said the statement that I experienced something that my body didn't, who is that I? What the fuck even is that? There's mm-hmm. no, th- like it was such a mind fuck, but that's where I started to ha- become aware of the separation between just my biological self and the thing that makes me different than j- any other animal that we've ever seen, you know? Right. Where do you, uh so where do you feel like we get these texts from right so you, so if we come to the conclusion that like between me you and me like okay there is some sort of bigger thing out there okay. right that's like allowed you to see yourself outside of your body that connects us mm-hmm. where do we der- the next question then is like what does that that god or the, those deities think Right. Right. So, like, right. that's where we. In the, and what we is it? Derive that from the texts. Yes, we would. The, the the first thing that you would do, in my experience, is that you start to come up with things that you think it could be like, and then you realize that you don't know anything, and that you should refer to think. Maybe somebody else has thought the same thing, and maybe they asked more people and they studied it, and you realize, oh shit, they've been doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So, it's it's. Yeah, you ha- so you you're almost instantaneously have to have to go take a look at any ancient text. You don't mm-hmm. have to look at a specific one, but you're going to be compelled to do that because these are the people that have been thinking about this shit this whole time. And that was kind of the crazy thing for me too is like doing all the studying that that we've been doing is just like there's a lot of people out here researching this shit and they have opinions and they've they've done way more studying that I've done and they're not even close to the people who were doing this for 12 hours a day translating and I can't even, I can't even imagine. And yeah. So, it's crazy to think that humans for the longest time have been wondering where we come from. Yeah, exactly. And when I thought that I thought that I, it was some original thoughts, but mm-hmm. what made it even more profound is that, Oh, these motherfuckers, we, it, th- I'm, I'm late to the party in that aspect. So that means I need to take a look at what these people have come up with when they've asked that question, mm-hmm. you know, and just as human beings. And then you can go from there. But that gets into, you know, the like the Buddhist principles that gets into Islam. And I want to learn more about the Quran and shit. I think that's going to be my next thing is like not diving in, but like just trying to give it a respectful understanding. I think I think that'd be cool. It's a really fascinating book, bro. It's uh, I've I've been listening to the Quran since probably for like two months now. Just like occasionally there's a mm-hmm. podcast that it just, you know, reads you all of the Quran. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And so like I'll just be like working or whatever and I'll put it on. It's a really fascinating book. It's very different. Um, so do you know where like the idea of uh, Islam versus Jewish comes from? No. So Islam uh, comes from the line of Esau and Ju- okay. and Judaism comes from the line of Jacob, I want to say. Um, okay. And they had a dad. I forget what his name is. But it was like... 
your sons get whatever's left over, right? Like their inheritance. Right. So Esau's the oldest, so he's supposed to get the majority of the inheritance. I think he gets like two thirds of his dad. Man, the fact that I'm not remembering his name is so crazy to me. Um, <laughs> whatever his dad has, two thirds of it will go to Esau, and one third of it will go to Jacob. Well, his dad's really old, and he's uh, he's dying. And Jacob comes to him, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, you know, you like, I think he brings him something, and he's like, you should like give me all of the farm." And his dad being old, I'm pretty sure his dad either gives him all of the farm or he gives him Esau's part of the farm. Right. And so from that, the, that those literal brothers, you get the break oh, okay. into Islam and Judaism. Judaism. And that's wow. why they're like vastly always um, against each other. Like always have been against like each other. It's like two families who were against each other and then they had a story and they told their side. And that's interesting. Yeah. And it's, it that's is interesting. It's also interesting because... If you really look at the religions, I mean, I don't want to talk too much shit on Allah um, mm-hmm. and Islam because Andrew Tate, <laughs> you know, the God Savior, um, the the Jesus Christ of celebrity boxing, He's back, baby. <laughs> that's going to come to to end Jake Paul's career. Uh, he said that he believes that Islam is the last true religion in the world mm-hmm. because it's that. the only God that you can't diss. Because like people will diss Muhammad. And they'll die. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't diss Muhammad, yep. you know? Yep. So I don't want to talk too much shit on Allah, but really when you look at Judaism and then you look at Islam, it's very close. It has to do a lot with how good can you be in the eyes of God? Like, how much do you really love God that you're not going to be corrupted by your flesh and by your sin and that you are going to worship and praise God every moment of every single day in order to gain his favor? Right. 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 Um, obviously in Judaism, you have the Israelites who are descendants from Jacob being the chosen people of God. So they kind of believe that inherently they're chosen, mm-hmm. um, kind of getting into predestination versus free will, which we'll also bring up in yep. this podcast in later episodes. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating to me how both of those religions are very much based off of how good can you be? And then Jesus comes into the picture and kind of paints a new layer over right, it and kind of changes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really brings up a lot of like different arguments and you good with that Our camera camera died. No dude, it died. It's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> welcome to Bible secrets. This is so funny. Cause this is the first podcast that Cougar and I have done. Uh, in a while in this room. Yeah, it has been a while. And it's also even when I was like at your place, it's been like four months. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to try to figure this out on the pod or do you want to stop this or? We can just cut, like we'll just cut. Okay. We'll cut this part out. Because I want to try and get Is that where we were? Yes. Nice. Damn, bro, that fucking blows. Are we back? No. Fuck. Do we? Uh, we can also use my phone if we need to at any point. I don't know if that's gonna help or not, but. It looks good as fuck. Big ass eyes. It's crazy when you don't smoke how your eyes are so big. Lit. 
Okay, and I'm gonna scooch this shit. Is it still recording or? Yes, it is. Yep. So what? When we once we're done, we can just jump right into the middle and we'll cut it. And yeah. so I said Jesus came in and kind of changed everything up. Um, and so that's the thing is that that's kind of the discrepancy between Islam and Christianity is Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Because. One says he's a prophet, and so they ha- they hold him in high respect. They so do. A lot of people would say that you actually, in those same places, you couldn't talk shit on Muhammad. You could. They wouldn't allow you to talk shit on Jesus either. They would have a problem with that as well. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I I, I disagree, okay. um, because from what I understand, Muhammad is the last prophet, and he's like the special one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, I think Islamic people kind of talk shit about Jesus a lot. I mean, I don't. I can't really I say he, that for sure. I certain. think he's a highly respected prophet in their book. Like, I think they, because I, I, these guys, these Muslims have a, a, a TikTok where they talk to people on the street and stuff, and they do apologetics for the Quran, and they're like, we, we highly respected. We love Jesus Christ. Like that. We, we're not saying that. It's, it's like, and then it gets into like his divinity and stuff. But they, interesting. You know, they, they talk very highly of him because yeah. he's. I think he's talked highly in about in the book as well. Yeah, um, he definitely is. Yeah, like, yeah. there's passages in the Quran where it talks about Jesus as a baby, um, as a baby looking up at Mary and being like, "I am a prophet of the Holy God." Um, like, as a baby, like, talk, right. like looking up and speaking to him. And there's, I mean, there's also subsequent texts of that in books that are quote unquote left out of the Bible from the Nag Hammadi. Mm-hmm. There's a book called The Gospel of the Infancy of Jesus, where he says the same thing, where he looks up and, oh, and instead shit. of saying, I am the pro- I am a prophet of God, he says, I am the son of God. Got you. Right? Okay. right and right. I think if a baby talks to you ever... Something's going on. <laughs> he's definitely more than just a prophet, son. Yeah, That's just what I yep. think. Yep. Uh, and, and they also have a, a verse in there about Jesus dying cloths. Like, like there's like cloths and Jesus would dip them into water and they would come out dyed. Oh, like on different colors and stuff. Right. Same type of passages in the infancy gospel oh, of okay. of Jesus. Um, so yeah, so they definitely hold him very highly. But I, I definitely thought that they had more leniency. But that's interesting to know that they... Well, I, th- I would assume they'd have a little more leniency in terms of the final prophet versus one of like your important prophets. But mm-hmm. um, I, th- I, I do think that they kind of hold him close. But they also may talk a lot of shit on the white, blue-eyed jesus yeah well i think at this a, point yeah most people if you truly understand what was going on they'll talk so a little bit of schmack about that white brown haired blue-eyed jesus yep yeah yep. so i definitely agree with that and then you have judaism which just completely um ignored jesus for who he is right like they don't yes. understand jesus to be the son of god at all so who's this jesus guy uh he was a person who's probably born, from my understanding, um, between like 4 or 5 BCE and about 3 AD. So you're looking at just the turn of like, I don't know if it's the millennium or just that it's the turn of BC to AD. Right. Um, right. Born in Bethlehem. And his being born is what changed, transitioned that time. That is what's said, but, like, if you think about it, like, there are some people who say that he was born in 4 or 5 BCE, um, or even, like, earlier than that, because in texts in Matthew, it says that King Herod was still alive and ordered for every infant under the age of two to be murdered. Well, King Herod was, historically, died in 4 BCE. So, if you're looking at those and you're saying that this has to be true, then Herod would have to still be alive when Jesus is. So there is a possibility that he was born before then. Oh shit. Okay. Right. That's cool. Yeah. And people changed it from BC, which was before Christ to BCE, which is before the coming era. Okay. So that's kind yeah. of the, I guess the politically reti- uh, like correct term to put that in. Right. Right. Um, and Jesus came, uh, he was a guy who was born in Bethlehem and essentially, uh, went around the time he was 30 years old before that. He probably studied in a school which is called Bet Sefer, which was among young boys in Jerusalem. Okay. Is this um, a Christian belief or is this like a... No, this is like a universal belief. Historic. So this is okay. a universal belief. So it's not necessarily that he did this, um, but many young boys around that time, like Judaism oh, gotcha. was the main religion and they had schools for you to go to as a young kid. Right. Between the ages of like six to nine, there was a a, um, a school called Bet Sefer, which is like the the school of the book. And there, young boys go and they learn the Torah. 
like they go and learn the oral version of the Torah and they learn it from the masters. Um, and I don't think they really like dive too far into deep in like theology and what it means, but they just go into right. memorizing the text because that was how stories got passed down in the olden days. Um, and after Bet's affair, around the time that they're 10, if they're like gifted and they're able to move on, then they're invited to go to this thing called Bet Talmud, which is like the, the school of wisdom, um, which it kind of goes into like a little bit of the theology of the Torah, okay, right? right? Like of the old Testament and stuff. And then there's another, um, and that's between about 11 to 13. There's another school after that. I forget what it's called. Uh, uh, that goes until you're about 16. And then if you're really, really, really good um, and like a great, you know, person who understands the law and the teachings and you have everything like memorized, then a rabbi may invite you into his discipleship. Oh, okay. And he'll okay. invite you to follow him. Like that's what, that's what the rabbis used to do. Pharisees, Sadducees, things like this, right? And so historically, if Christ, just in terms of uh, being just an actual historic human being, if he was growing up in this culture, he probably was involved in some of this at some point. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. At, at minimum, probably bet ta- um, Bet's Affair. Okay. The, right. the first one, right? The six to nine. Yeah, six to nine. And then after that, I mean, if you don't get selected, you probably just go and you just learn your your parents' trade, right? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. His his dad, his father, Joseph, was a carpenter. So that's probably what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, Around his 30s, he starts doing, he 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 starts a ministry, a following of himself. He calls these people who weren't exactly the most highly regarded like rabbis, traditional rabbis, they will choose um, selected people, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old boys who have gone through the process of learning what the books mean and understanding the wisdom of them where Jesus started walking around and just saying to dudes who were on boats, just fishing, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right. Mm -hmm. And even, even like the people who he was calling um, the first person he ever calls it's kind of debated, but it's definitely Andrew and Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew in the book of John is the first person he calls. In Matthew and Luke, he calls them together. Uh, actually, in Luke, I don't think he, call, he necessarily calls them, but in Matthew, for sure, he calls them together. And Peter is who Jesus, quote unquote, sets the foundation of his church on, which is where the Catholic church understands that ca- that Peter is the f- rock of the church and the foundation of the Catholic church. Gotcha. The Catholic church believes that Peter is their first pope as well. Right, right. Right? Um, Peter is defined in the Hebrew word Amharetz, which actually means the unlearned. The uh, unlearned. The unlearned. He, it's it's pretty widely regarded that Peter didn't even know how to read. Like in in a lot of the books, like in 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 the Greek version of Rome of uh, Acts, I want to say they also describe him as idiotis, which is where we get the term. Idiot. Idiot, right, okay. Like, it, he was unlearned. He really didn't know how to read. He probably didn't know too much about the law. Uh, he wasn't necessarily from this Jewish background. Like, uh, he, it, it was known that Peter really didn't keep the Sabbath, right? Like, that was a big thing back then was keeping the holy day right, holy. Right, and right. there were many, like, instances of, of Peter, like, going and working on the Sabbath or doing this on the Sabbath, like, showing that he was not of the same school. Yeah. Yep. So Jesus starts like forming all these guys and starts like walking around and his ministry seems very different than everybody else's. Um, traditionally in Judaism, you had strictly males following around. Right. Um, Jesus's ministry was much more intermingled men and women. Oh damn. Yeah. Throughout the, the text, you'll also see that there are three women who follow him, Mary, his mother, Mary of Magdalene, who's debated to be Jesus's partner or not right. lover. Um, and another lady, sometimes she's called married and I think sometimes she's called Salome and they are, in my opinion, kind of supposed to also represent the Trinity. Um, and that's why they're brought up in the Bible is you have like the mother who's the father. Um, you have Mary Magdalene, which could represent the son. And then you have the other lady representing the spirit. Yes. Right. Um, okay. So kind of does his ministry and he's saying all sorts of crazy stuff. He's kind of talking like, revitalizing old language, these old laws, kind of giving them a new spin, saying it's not just about the letter of the law, it's about what the law represents. You've heard it said, do not murder, but Jesus said, he says that I say to you, any person who is angry and has hearted his brother has already murdered him. Kind of like expanding what the law might mean. Right. Um, Going a little deeper with it. Going a little deeper with it. 
and a bunch of people don't like this over about three years they say that he's um blaspheming saying that he's the son of god and they crucify him beat him up real bad whip him cat of nine tails put There's, a reed in his hand put a reed in his hand put give him a crown of thorns make him carry this big ass cross up a mountain and that was a common execution in those days really common yeah yeah well so he this guy just seems like he is a very controversial figure he makes people you know just like you said before and this is like i think most people could agree with this regardless of anything is that you walk into a room and you yell i love jesus christ or i hate jesus christ that's going to split the room in half. Yeah. Or you just say his name. That's going to split the room in half on how people feel instantly. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, and maybe it's just the culture that we're in. You go to another culture and you say that. No one cares. But you say they're the person that they think is their savior or their God. And they every, that might split the room. You know what I'm saying? But Christ is everywhere, I guess. He's, he's in Africa and China and South America. So, like, why is that? Why do you think... That I can say something about Buddha and people would be like, "Oh, that's cool," or like, eh, you know. But like, you say something about Christ, it's it's got it feels like it's got a lot more behind it, a lot more emotion behind it, regardless if it's with or against. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, it's everywhere. It's not yeah. just in one place or another place. It's like pretty pretty typically, if you say you know Jesus Christos, if you say Jesus, if you say you know whatever the language is there to to represent Jesus. Mm-hmm. People are going to feel some sort of way about it. Um, tell me what you think about this. I, I kind of feel like you can put a lot of religions into two type of cultures. Um, I think you have the culture of absolute truth and you have the culture of relativism. Mm. Right? So, like, relativism, yeah, yeah. You, you can probably play around more with, like, Hindu, um, uh, Buddhist, Taoism, where everything is more relative. Nothing is really good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about their, and I'm kind of speaking out of pocket right now because I don't, I don't know too much about these religions. Um, but I don't really know what their like belief on like how the world came into being is, but I really doubt that it's through some sort of like God saying, you know, I'm going to create this, I'm going to create that, I'm going to create this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not sure, but. Well, from what I understand, and again, this could be wrong as well, is that the universe created itself. Mm-hmm. And so the big bang is just something f- from something before that is just as natural as a tr- apple falling from a tree. And it's just infinitely creating and destroying through eternal time, pretty much, I mm. think. Mm. And that's where the reincarnation can happen because time is relative. Time right. is, is, it's not what you think it is in terms of, well, in a, a thousand years, this is going to happen. It's relative to everything. So, right. Um, and that I would argue though, you get into morality and relativism. That is where, that has given me like a lot of faith in a God actually existing is like, I don't think that at, in the end of the at the end of the day, there's no truth. I think there is truth mm-hmm. that's outside of you and me. Yeah. I don't think that every, cause I do agree that some things are relative. They, they have to be yeah. not everything. Not everyone can do all the same thing at all the same time. So it's a tight line to walk, but I also do believe that, when you leave it up to relativism, then you leave it up to Andrew Tate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's relative, then Andrew Tate's right. Right. Or at least he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily right, but he's not wrong. He's living his truth. He's living his truth. His truth. And it's right. relative to him. And so it's all good. That's where it's kind of like, ah, I have some things he says I feel like are wrong. Absolutely. Not... not relatively wrong but like he probably shouldn't do that to any girl ever Mm -hmm. but i would have to have something that i bank my beliefs on and bank that definition on to be able to say that because if i just say that then who cares because that's just my opinion right so and again it, it just comes down to being my opinion but my at least i have something that i am relying on to define these things for me rather than because that you have to do that. That's mm-hmm. where the almost objective can come through is that you're at least trying to rely on something to define it rather than, because that's the thing is like, I could define you as my friend and then tomorrow not define you as my friend and then treat you as such. And it doesn't matter because it's all relative. 
and or that's... friend could mean something different to you than it does to me. So you can treat me however you want. Right, to. Like what if a friend is a money opportunity? What if that's how I define a friend mm-hmm. and that's relative. And so I can, I'm justified to lie and cheat anyway, because my definition is my definition. So who cares? That's where, again, you get into uh, the Holocaust, you get into like the very extreme situations. They, it, it, if it's relative, then it's relative. There's a, there's a guy, his name's Matt Dillahunty, and he is one of the best, if not the best, atheist on the internet that I can find talking about and defending atheism pretty much. He's like an atheist apologetic almost. Um, but in, in the term of like atheist means la- like lacking belief. So you can't like be an apologetic for something you don't like mm-hmm. you have a lack of belief in. Like, right. But this was his, uh, and I want to see what you think of this. This is where he, he gave me a definition of morality and secularism. And he says, I get morality from my understanding of reality, not an assertion of authority. And that's, he used to be a Christian. So he's saying, uh, you, you have two kids and two families and they go into a restaurant and one family, the parents told the kid, if you scream, we're going to smack you. So don't scream. Mm-hmm. And then the other parents told their kid, hey, like if you scream, there's there's people around who, you know, like th- this family has a baby. And if you scream, that might really upset the baby. So you need to be aware of other people and have empathy for other people to uh, so you behave. So even though both kids are behaving a certain way, there's a different reason why they're behaving it. And he's saying that the Bible is something that you're going to get smacked if you do this, right? Right. But he's saying he gets his morality from his understanding of reality. And so he's not, he's, and so it's the exact opposite of what I just said. He's not, he's not claiming to any authority. He's just coming up with it. And again, that's great when you're a 45 year old who's worth about a million dollars and you have no sense of like power in terms of political power to change the world. But who's to say that if like, why couldn't Trump say that? Mm hmm. Come on, yeah, guys! I just get my morality from my underst- my morality from the understanding of reality. Why can't it's just Trump? Well, you know and Trump's saying? reality is different than yours. Exactly. I mean, when it comes to us all living in this in this world and under whatever gods may or may not be existing, mm-hmm. his reality is not different there. But his uh, ability to move and shake certain things is definitely there more than you and i would agree with that man i I think that if you're shaping your morality off of your understanding of reality and not from authority then i just had a podcast this last week where i was talking with my buddy drew and drew was talking about how he doesn't i don't think he really like believes in a god and Mm -hmm. he said that that's good because it kind of eliminates all morals and he can kind of create his own moral code a code for like certain situations it's very convenient it's the convenience and if drew was a crazy person and wanted to murder people and was like well in my reality i'm the star and i'm the star of this horror film and one day i'm gonna get caught and it's gonna be amazing i'm gonna be locked in a cell then that person believes that those things are moral yes off of your reality and I would also question where general morality came from in the first place. I think that's something you'd have to debate with, right? Like, yes. And to me, the, that would come from two places. It would either come from man or it would come from God. It would either come from a collective of people coming together and saying, well, we probably shouldn't kill people because they're people and we want them to live. We probably mm-hmm. shouldn't steal because like, we wouldn't want someone stealing from us. We wouldn't want them da 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 like making all of the rules, right? But at some point, you're going to have some motherfuckers who are like, well... I think it's okay to steal from this person because well, what, what if I have to feed my family? Exactly. So I can steal. Or Dude, everyone or, has a justification. Or to do I anything. hate him. Right. I hate him. That's he doesn't believe the same thing he's as me. He's less than me. He's stupid. He's an idiot. I can go do that. Right. Any justification. Exactly. And so I think that you have to really d- debate with yourself of where does morality come from? No, I'm not saying every person who is atheist is immoral. I don't think so. Agreed. Agreed. But I do think that morality comes from something higher than us, something that controls that spirit that I was talking about earlier that makes us have this connection. Yes. Um, So, yeah, man, I think that when you break down religions, you really have like relative religions and then you have like, quote unquote, true religions. And I don't want to say that those religions are absolutely true. But they're claiming to be true. But they're claiming to be true. Right. As opposed to other religions claim to be relative. Exactly. Yep. Because that's Islam is another truth claiming religion that when someone who was Muslim behaves, 
and they say, well, this is my justification and here is my definition and authority for that, then it's like, okay, well then you're, you're going to hold everyone in your culture to that standard. But if you just say, no, nah, I just came up with it. So you can come up with anything. Again, what happens when I do something you don't like? You can't do anything about it mm-hmm. because it's all it. I get to define and you get to define. But if I'm going into a culture where they say this is the authority, then I can refer to that authority to see how these people will behave. And that's – it's just a little bit better than human beings being able to do it. Because, again, you could just make the argument that humans wrote it. But mm-hmm. then, again, I don't know which book people would accept if I claimed it wasn't written by a human. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So there's, there's a back and forth there. But to have a body of – something that you have faith and belief in that you can rely on to give you some information in some direction. I think you have to have, because if it's just you again, if I'm a crazy person and I can say, well, shit, I, God, that person just kind of pissed me off today and I'm going to kill him. Well, they inconvenienced me and like, it's my reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this guy walked by me and he kind of looked at my shoes and he didn't say anything, but like he, when he looked at him, he looked at him like those shoes. Yep fucking suck and i just so happen to have a knife in my pocket you know so who's stopping you really who's stopping you why shouldn't you and especially if you go back to evolution at what what was the day that it's like oh now morals exist it's like well we were animals Mm -hmm. go to the fucking jungle and watch what a lion will do to you or lions don't live in the jungle. Oh yes they do they live in the (laughs) we already had that whole thing go shout out to amanda nunez shout out go to the wild and see how an elephant will treat you, how a mm-hmm. hippo will treat you. You know what I'm saying? They don't have any morals. They just have instinct. And so if we're str- if we're coming from evolution, that's another strong argument of like, well, whatever anyone's coming up with is just arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back far enough, there was a time with no morals. And so we just arbitrarily came up with morals one day because we're so smart. But that's the thing is like the reason that I don't kill somebody – if it's because it benefits me right now, that's the wrong reason to do it because then I could change those. If I'm defining it, I could change it tomorrow if it then benefited me. Right. And that's the whole problem there is that. And that's actually what Drew argued was that your morals can flex depending right. on the situation yeah, right. you're in. Yeah. Right. Which if that's the case, you have no morals. Exactly. And yep. which is what he said. He said, I don't have any morals because they're flexible. Your morals are relative. Yes. Right. Yep. Exactly. And they don't come from anything. They come from you. Yep. They come from your ideas. And I, I think it's in the the. There's these homilies that were written, which were just books. They're letters um, from Peter's assistant uh, named Clement, and called they're called homilies. They're called homilies. They're homilies, called like the okay. Clementine homilies. Okay. Um, and in the in in the second book, I want to say it's the second chapter of the first book, or it's the second book. Um, but it's talking about how if we, and means this is also just a biblical principle if if we come up with our own morals if we decide where the earth comes from it's just the blind leading the blind we don't know anything so uh, that's why i think reaching out to god is going to be better regardless um whether he is real or not whether god is real or not you finding your stake and staking your claim and your beliefs in something higher than you Mm -hmm. i feel like will always give you an edge up when it comes to morality for that reason. Absolutely. And that's a really, maybe a harsh way to put it, but my morality is more defined than yours would be. If, if what I'm getting my, my react, my morals from is not me. Yes. Well, and they'll be more consistent. They'd have to be because you have someone when, to, when to a, go back right, to when a Christian acts out of line. That's why people have a caricature of Christians and they loathe them because there's a standard that they claim to live to. And then they obviously do not live to that standard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, why do people not like them? Because they're fucking hypocrites because they say one thing and then do the other. But that's the whole thing is that hypocrisy is not good. And a flex in morals is not like a a good thing unless you want to do whatever the fuck you want. And then it's a great thing. It's Mm -hmm. so convenient. And so we have to be very careful of that. And, that's interesting that you bring up the concept because I heard Andrew Tate talking about that too of like it's better to believe in God even if you're wrong even if it's wrong or technically wrong. But then I just look at uh, just just the world. And this is a cliche Christian argument, but order and design. 
And I just really fall back on, I've never seen something that was created like a book and just assumed that it had just kind of accidentally come together. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to see that. So when I see nature working perfectly, when I see a human body and how perfect it works and functions and shit and how much it can take, it's just like, damn, this thing is a creation. It's not like a, a happenstance thing. It's like, like it looks like someone sat down and fucking thought this shit out because mm-hmm. it all works together. You would have to think of everything to get it to work like this. And that is from all the way the depths of outer space or the firmament all the way down to our hands and the, the germs that live on our hands. You know what I'm saying? The cohesion and the design and purpose that everything has just points to something that has created something rather than just an accident. Mm-hmm. And that also gets into evolution. I used to have a lot of faith in evolution, fell out of faith of evolution because my understanding of how like nothing, nothing turning into something doesn't make any sense to me. So something that's inanimate turning to something that's animate does not make any sense to me. I've seen things be animate and then become non-animate. I've seen animals die, you know, mm-hmm. like, and they're not animate anymore. They're just, they're no different than a rock in terms of experience, right? So gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but for stardust to just happenstance one day, all of a sudden start living, I can't, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And when you really push science to explain that, you really start to see how it's really just a theory. Because I talked to my sister who's a science teacher and just like, well, like, I think it's RNA is the protein that kind of kicked everything off. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So they can give you all the information once once you give over the thought of like, okay, now we have life. Well, life this, life this, life this, science, 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 science. But it's like, well, yeah, how did we get that though? I mean, like, yeah, the, the RNA is a protein. And so it, uh, but but the, the, the RNA does this, it does this, it does this, it does this, and it can turn into this. But wait, how did it get there? like it always seems to kind of veer back to the process rather than like the process of how something functions rather than how something came to be because mm-hmm. we can't explain it. We mm-hmm. can't explain something just becoming alive. But on it. the flip side of that, if you have a totally holy, all-powerful God mm-hmm. who exists outside of the of the realm of time and space. Yes. And we can see that throughout Genesis, even in, in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can see in that verse alone how he is creating matter and how he's creating the time and space continuum, which are both, I mean, scientifical, you know, people right. really hang their hats on that, the yep. time and space continuum. Yep. Um, but in the beginning, time, God created the heavens and the earth, thus linking time and space. Right, right. Right, and creating everything. And so if you if you come from that notion, you can totally see how something does come from nothing. Yes. Because well, something because did come from nothing. It, because it's coming from God. Right. You know, yep. nothing is coming from something, I guess, is the way that I wanted to put that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And I, and I agree. I think that when you look at, I don't know, I just, I, 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 I it's hard to just be like, you're wrong because it's the big bang because nobody was there and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. But it is a scientific fact that nothing, that something can't come from nothing. Mm-hmm. So the big bang is kind of crazy. Also, when you look at the universe, which may or may not exist, wink, wink. we see something that is being observed that scientists believe is being pushed farther. Um, it's expanding farther and faster every single day. Yes. So the universe is getting bigger every single day and it's speeding up in the process of getting bigger. And then when you think about the concept that they have called inertia, mm-hmm. where nothing can move unless it's being acted upon by an outside force, you think, well, how are all these things be- being created? Right. Unless yep. you have a God who lives outside of the time and space continuum. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Now, uh-huh. I want to go back to your question about why is Jesus, why universally... If you bring up the name of Jesus, his name is like what will divide more rooms than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So you have those two sets of religions, right? Relativism and truth. Yes. So you have the relativism, which says, you know, do this, do that. doesn't really matter. Kind of up to you. 
Um, and then you have the the religions of truth, which originally, if you're talking about Judaism and, and Islam, were based off of rules right. and laws right? because God couldn't be around sin. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing. And in order for God to re- like forgive you for your sins, you needed to sacrifice animals. There had to be bloodshed for the original sin and the sin that exists within us. For Jesus then to come and say, I am the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and through my blood, you will be forgiven, I think really scared a lot of people. And when people are scared of something, statement. when people are scared of something, that makes them hate something. You are afraid yes. of what you don't know yes. and what you don't understand. Yep. So when someone makes such a big claim like that, it's going to ruffle everybody's feathers because they're like, well, what, well, what about all my rules? What about all yeah, of the rules that yep. we made for all of the time and all of this? Yep. You know, and you can dive further into that in Matthew 5 where Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount. We're mm-hmm. also talking about this, talking about so many things in this podcast. We'll get uh, there, baby. <laughs> we're going to get there. Where he says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Yes. And that kind of raises questions of if we are supposed to still follow the law of sin and death, also known as the Mosaic law, mm-hmm. or if it's Jesus's blood and what does that kind of constitute? So I right. think that Jesus, although he probably, although I believe that he still exists with an absolute truth, Jesus is the greatest mystery in the history of the world. He truly is. We'll see this in all of the series. We'll talk about the councils. We'll talk about his divinity. We'll talk about predestination versus free will. And when you have the greatest mystery coming to the true religion and saying, this thing doesn't get you into heaven, I do, I feel like they believe he is creating a more relative religion. A more relative religion. You see what I'm saying? That he, I, I don't think that he is, but I think that they are saying that either he's the truth, which they would believe is wrong, right. or, that his, or that what he's saying is more relative. Relative, so that they could interpret it into like what what do you mean by that what i mean is for the longest time the religions of truth right yes islam and and judaism Judaism, believe that you had to follow these laws right in order to become one with god and now that christ has fulfilled those laws what do you the laws some laws may not be followed as they were and they might have new meanings which jesus is giving them and he's kind of playing around with like well, what does it mean to murder? Is murder murder or is it more relative? Right. You right. know what I, you see yep. what I'm saying? So, yep. so I think that Absolutely. it scares them into being like, well, either A, he's saying that he is the son of God and the truth and the way and, the, and he's the only one that's going to get you to heaven or, and also, or he's bringing in this new way of like, that's going to possibly in their eyes lead people away from God because his truth in their eyes might be more relative. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, yep, absolutely. Jesus, uh, quite honestly, in my opinion, just walked in like a gangster, you know, absolutely. And just, I hope we got absolutely. that. And just, and just put five on him, bro. <laughs> he just came in and he put five on him because Jesus came and was putting five on those motherfuckers. Uh, that's what I imagine Jesus is, soundtrack was absolutely just walking Come around in, boom, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> come follow me i'll make a fisherman doom doom yeah. doom 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 uh well, he's, it, he's controversial and uh like you were saying he's a mystery yeah he's a mystery uh, i think jesus is like the greatest mystery he's he's controversial i mean he's coming and kind of giving a reteaching of a lot of these a lot of these verses and a lot of these scriptures um and i just think people get really wary about that because if these are the verses that are going to keep us close to god and Mm -hmm. if you want people to be close to god and you want to be close to god someone coming in and changing that is going to really disrupt your soul and if it challenges your career and everything that you've ever believed like a pharisee you know what i'm saying like when you believe something and then someone comes in like oh i could fucking kill him because he's literally doing exactly what we aren't supposed to do and you got to be careful when you are thinking that strongly and behaving like that um, because we're not the ones that get to dictate anything. God will do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't need to hold someone down and say, don't do this. Like 
they'll figure it out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's there's a better way to do it. There's a better way to go about it. Well, and it's funny that you say that because funny enough, they really did kill him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they really did that. Um, they tried now. They tried. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so I guess they actually literally did. They did he, kill him because he had to come back for it to be special. And that's the thing, yep. right? Like if you know anything about Jesus, you definitely know. If you don't know anything about his life, anything that we we've kind of said in a in a brief synopsis of the episode, you definitely know that he is believed to have been killed, crucified, and then ri- risen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that. Other than Jesus being the, the biggest mystery, to me is the biggest question: is what do you think about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Yes, yes, because. If you're in the relative religions, you're just kind of playing ball with yourself. Yep. You're not really playing the ball with, I guess, the true religions. You're playing different games, football and baseball. Yep. But if you're in the true religions, it comes down to what do you think about Jesus? Yes, it does. Because that's the ultimate thing. Because it will dictate everything that you believe. And you can go one way or the other. But like to wrap kind of this whole this whole thing full circle is that you can't get away from Jesus if you live in America. You will, like you said, you'll hear about him. You will run into people who hate him and talk about how much they don't like him and how much they disagree. You'll find people who agree with him and love him and can't shut up about him. So the thing comes down to not as just be ignorant of him. It's going to be what do you think of him because mm-hmm. you can't can't get away. And I say the United States, but again, it's worldwide all throughout Africa, all throughout Asia. You know what I'm saying? Like South America, Mexico, Canada. I'm sure there's Christians in Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the big reason for for that is because, you know, when Rome, the Roman Empire was the center of the world and ruling the world, you know, early on in Christianity where you're talking first century, second century, third century, so up until about, you know, the 300s, uh, Christians were heavily persecuted. They were killed and martyred for the sake of, of Jesus. And they were they would be asked, you know, denounce the name of God or, or denounce that Jesus is Lord and right. or we're going to kill you. And they were doing terrible things to these people, boiling them alive, crucifying them, crucifying them upside down on an X-shaped cross, oh like all like stoning them to death, like just terrible things. And I mean... I'm sure that there are maybe some people who were like, yeah, Jesus isn't anything, but the vast majority of them died for their beliefs. And that's really where Constantine in 313 uh, legalizes Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then in 325 calls his council of Nicaea. uh, And then it isn't until three and in at 325, it becomes the preferred religion of Rome. Mm -hmm. And then in 380, it becomes the official religion. Right. And so because of them spreading, you know, Jesus, that's that's really where I think we get the fact that Jesus is known worldwide. Right. Yep. Check this yep. out, bro. And maybe we can end here. Okay. I told Drew this one time and he said that I that my idea was too American westernized. Mm. But I think that there are in all of human history maybe 20 icons. Maybe People who, like, if you say their name to anybody throughout history, right? you know, you're going to get a reaction. Or they're at least going to know who they are. Right. Right. And, like, outside of Jesus, I definitely believe Jesus is an icon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you could you could talk about people like Gandhi. Yep. Yep. The Dalai Lama. Yep. Um, I think Mother Teresa is pretty big. Very. Uh and like people like that, mm-hmm. right? Just just very influential people. The, the Prophet Muhammad. Yep. Buddha. Buddha. Yep. But Jesus is the biggest icon. Yep. Unless you're an unca- uncontacted tribe in Africa, odds are you're gonna you're gonna have heard about Jesus because yep. he's the heaviest hitter in his claims. Buddha is not as controversial. Um, Muhammad's probably fairly controversial in the true statements because the. To, to be controversial is you have to say something that you think is true and that you don't care if someone disagrees with that. And because that's where the controversy comes is mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, I can't believe you'd say that. But like, if it's true, then, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I like that. And I have one question for you um, regarding this to wrap this up for just the introduction of the Bible and everything is that 
I've always thought, and I still think, that the winners write history. Agreed. So it's interesting to me that this book, the losers wrote the history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could see that. I could see what you're saying there. After after the thing that everyone claimed to have happened happened, they were all killed. Everyone was being killed for it. And that doesn't seem like a winner to me, to have your leader killed in front of everybody. And then if you're not one of the, what, 500 people, then it's just going to be a leap of faith off of someone's eye testimony. And then everyone gets killed. So, like, they don't seem like the winners, but the fact that we're still talking about a losing story, like a losing human, the mm-hmm. worldly, the, he, they lost in the world. You know what I'm saying? But I they mean, they're made. being heavily persecuted. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, well, yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I think that it's only, I mean, in the relation of time, it's only a couple of hundred of years, right? If you think that Jesus died somewhere around 330 uh, AD mm-hmm. and then at 313, so you're looking at about 300 years, right, of them being, I mean, even before that, I mean, Jesus, Jesus died. And so around the persecution started mid first century. Um. Even if something isn't winning at the time, I think, and this could be some God thing, but if people are literally dying for what they believe, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting to people. They're going to go, why? 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 You know? And then they can come and they can learn. Um, I think there's also inherently something that humans love to not do what the government says. Yes. Granted, when you're like, I mean, murder and dying back then was probably a lot more common. Like, you're probably Absolutely. much more aware of the fact that you can get murdered every single day. Yep. But there could be something to humans like to disobey the government. And the government is saying this and this. So they're like, well, I should look into that because the government doesn't want me to. And mm-hmm. da 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 da. But I, I would say that it's actually a winning story in the end. But do, do humans tend to listen to the, or tend to not listen to the government? Or do they tend to listen to the government? Uh, I think it depends on with certain things. I just feel like through the the mass history, all of the atrocities that's been able to happen is because people followed. Because there's always this select few that'll say, fuck you, but like, you know, Russia, the Soviet Union. Yeah, but think about how many people smoke weed in Idaho. Right. You know? Right. Like, they're, like the, they're, there's people who will be, you know, overall, I don't know. Uh, there's people who will be like, you know, I'll follow the government overall, but then they'll still have certain things where they're like, yeah, the government, right, I don't right. care about that. Yep. You know, and because murder and dying was probably so much more prevalent back then, choosing your religion based off of that, they probably would have been like, you see, do you see where I'm mm-hmm. going with this? They're a little more desensitized to death, so they were more willing yeah. to die. I mean, you Or just to say, not even just to die, but like just to say, well, I don't believe that, I believe this. Right. Because it's kind of moot. Because you're just talking about your beliefs at this point. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. believe, in a modern sense, you believe that cannabis is bad for you. And I believe right. that it's not that bad or that it's good. Right. And so right. we have just differing beliefs. So because I believe something different, I'm not scared to like go against the government and say that. Right. And if and if death is much more uh, prevalent in your life back then, you'll probably be more willing to like join it. But I do agree with you where it's like, how big the church got in those years with it being straight up illegal for you to be died mm-hmm. for you for you to die because of your beliefs is still pretty astonishing yeah and yeah. in the end because and this is a theory not christians hold this but secular people hold this mm-hmm. constantine saw that he saw that these people would were just like willing to die for god mm-hmm. and they believe that he kind of saw that and thought that Christianity was the best way to control people. Yep. And thus he put together the councils and kind of started to put that into motion. Right. Um, but I think that with it being the, the national official government in 380, it ends up being a winning story. But those first 300 years are, I think the most important to the development of Christianity. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Cause that's, it, that's what had to survive in order to get to 380. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay, man. First one in the books. First one, Woo! man. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to dive into all that that we were just talking about. You know, we're kind of setting the premise for the council and shit like that. So keep on watching, listening, however you're you're consuming this. We really appreciate it. Um, 
Cougar and I honestly are going to record the next how many ever episodes yeah, we're going right, right now. One, baby. So if we are wearing the same clothes in a lot of these episodes, you'll know why. I literally brought a change of clothes <laughs> to look different in some Hell episodes. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We're putting this together and Cougar, I love you. I love you too, bro. And I'm so glad that God has placed us together and had us form this union and this this podcast so that we could do this. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And bring some sort of knowledge, some sort of wisdom that we may have learned and gained uh, to spread to the people. Just just let people know. Because, again, we're not going to force anyone to do anything. We're just going to talk about some things. What do we think? What do we believe? What's something saying? And, you know, we... We don't make any fucking money, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. Let's go. I got five <laughs> on it. <laughs> all right. I love you all. Tune in for the next one because we're just going to jump straight into it. But you can listen whenever. 